0: and good afternoon. Welcome back to the weekly conversations we have here, focusing on legal topics for you or for your business, whatever it might be, from week to week. Uh, Jim Mitchell here, and glad to be back for what I anticipate is going to be a informative discussion. Now, as you look around the general marketplace these days a simple set of three letters has become very prominent in many places and that's d i y and d i y of course stands for do it yourself and that concept has literally spawned entirely new industries in recent years whether it's in home repair decorating gardening food uh even investing there now exists everything from websites newsletters to even entire cable television networks all focused on do it yourself concept well Today we're going to play uh, spoilers as we hear from uh, our friend, attorney Heather Walzer of Lavelle Law Limited, who I think will be sharing the DDIY message, don't do it yourself. As always, it promises to be very informative when Heather is here, so let me bring her in now and say welcome back. Nice to talk to you again, Heather.
1: Likewise, Jim. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to put you in a bad light there, but I think we've got some... (laughs) information to share today. And and we're going to focus specifically on estate planning. Um, Perhaps we can touch on some other areas later. But, you know, like you, I've I've heard plenty of advertisements recently encouraging people to save money by purchasing a standard estate plan template and bypass their attorney. And for all the conversations I've been able to enjoy with you and your colleagues here on the podcast, the first thought that jumps out to me is when it comes to the law, nothing is ever standard. You know, it seems that estate plans and there are a lot of areas that that need to vary or will vary from, from person to person. So a single template hardly seems like a, a good, secure approach to begin with, I would assume.
1: That's exactly right. And one of the toughest things is just spotting the issues that you have to deal with, you know, from, from a layperson's sort of perspective. Someone may think to him or herself, this is really straightforward. I know exactly what I want to happen to all of my assets. How hard can this really be? But like you said, there's really no one size fits all template that applies to every person's situation.
0: And, and I want to talk about some of those and we'll get into that. But but even before I do that, I think the other thing to point out is that all other elements of an estate plan aside, the, the legal process is never, never very simple. And even if you have the best plan in the world, it it could be immediately invalidated on any number of technical flaws with how it's written or filed or even signed, correct?
1: That's exactly right. And even the smallest you know, detail about properly signing or witnessing or in some cases notarizing a document can be enough to make the document invalid. Um, As an example, uh, I had a colleague once tell me about a, a client of his who had run a business for a long time, a family business, and he had two children. One of the children had been involved in the business for years and really, you know, was was running the business and hoped to take it over when his father, the client, passed away. The other son had not been involved at all and had no interest in the business. Well, the father did his own will and tried to leave the business to the son who had been involved and did not have it properly witnessed, didn't have enough witnesses and didn't sign it in accordance with the formalities of the law. And guess what? The the two sons ended up splitting the business, and the son who had been involved had to buy out the other brother. And it really was just a terrible result, and all because the will had not been properly witnessed.
0: And just as a quick reminder for us, if I recall from from what we've talked about in the past, if there's a problem with a will or an estate plan, um, anything that's objectionable, then it ends up in probate. Is that right? And at that point judges determine what happens, right?
1: That's You're, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, and so in some cases, you may even end up worse off than you had been if you had done nothing at all. <laughs> as hard as that is to believe.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's what we try and help people avoid here. So uh, let me go back to one of the objections that I'm, I'm sure we would hear from people, and, and you mentioned it a few minutes ago in your first answer, and that is, look, I, I know what my assets are. I know who I want to have them. Uh, how hard can it be? And May not be hard, but there's processes that have to be followed and, and things that have to be done. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, I mean, basically, um, as I mentioned before, something just as simple as having an improper number of witnesses or um, the wrong type of witness can be enough to make your document invalid. Um, as, as another example, um, Illinois, in, in the last couple of years, has changed its power of attorney statute. And one of the changes that was made to the statute basically limited the type of person who could serve as a witness to your power of attorney. So, for example your physician cannot serve as a, a witness to your power of attorney um one of the agents cannot serve as a witness and that's just a very simple point but that would not be obvious to someone who doesn't do these things every day day in and day out and something that simple can be enough to either invalidate your document or almost worse, to to open it up to litigation down the road um, because that, for many people, is what they view to be the worst possible result is, you know, not only would there be a problem with where the assets would go, but potentially the surviving family members would be locked in a litigation for years to come. And I don't think anybody wants to set their family members up for that kind of a result.
0: Yeah, exactly what you you want to avoid. We're we're talking with the attorney Heather Walzer of Lavelle Law Limited today, and and talking about reasons why preparing an estate plan from a template downloaded from the internet is is really not a sound approach. Uh, Heather's got extensive area, experience in the area, uh, this particular area of law, and you can find some of her articles at LavelleLaw.com. She's also a, a regular blogger at Patch.com. And you can follow her at HG Walzer on Twitter to get uh, periodic updates as well. And, and Heather, as before, we go back to some of the specific concerns. Give me just a quick minute here. Let me step back and can you review the primary elements of an estate plan? Because we've, we've referenced wills, but there's really a lot more that goes into an estate plan. Correct?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You and I have actually talked about this before, but for for you to have what we consider to be a comprehensive estate plan, you've got to cover two periods of time. Uh, the one that most people intuitively understand and know is you're trying to plan for what's going to happen after you die. But equally, if not more important, is the period in which you are still living but maybe have become incapacitated due to an injury or an illness or Alzheimer's, any of those types of things. Um, So really when you're doing a comprehensive plan, you're going to plan for both of those possibilities or in the case of your death, eventualities. So in order to deal with your potential or your ultimate death and what will happen to your assets afterwards, you need to have a will literally, without exception, virtually everyone needs a will. Some people, in addition to the will, will also need a living or revocable trust. And those are the the documents that really govern what happens to your assets after you die. As far as taking care of you and taking care of your assets while you are living but incapacitated, under Illinois law, you need two documents. One is a power of attorney for health care, and the other is a power of attorney for property. So between those four documents, you you really kind of have covered both both of those time periods and have a pretty comprehensive estate plan.
0: And you just mentioned uh, the two documents here in Illinois, and I think that's a key phrase because we're You know your practices here in the state of Illinois. Another great reason, though, why something you know just taken off the internet might not work, because these these laws are not the same across the fifty states.
1: That's exactly right. And those, you know, LegalZoom or WillMaker or any of those downloadable software programs, they don't—they are not state specific. Which again, that can be very problematic when you're talking about something as simple as as an improper signature or witness can cause a document to be invalid, um, you can imagine uh, the potential for problems when you're just talking about the different laws of 50 different states. So, um, for example, you know, there, there are kind of baseline rules in Illinois as far as um, if, a, if a parent wishes to disinherit a child or, or leave a child out of a will, there are certain legal formalities you have to follow. And those rules may be different in illinois than michigan or wisconsin or arizona or, or you name it and the standard template will creating software does not account for that
0: and you know I, I i kept thinking as i was kind of going through the notes here um again trying to think of what people might have to say when you start to say gee don't do it yourself you use an attorney um you know the response would be well of course an attorney would say that they're they're trying to you know bill me to make money but you know, the opposite side is true as well. The the proprietors of those websites are trying to make money by selling you a template. The only difference is they're working a lot less than the attorney is for you. So it really comes down to a case of you get what you pay for, and if you're paying less, you're probably getting
1: less in this case. That is exactly right. And the other way to look at it as well is that those software creators and those website operators the people that are doing exactly what you're saying selling you a product they're not going to be there for you if things go if things go wrong um there there won't be anyone to call if there's a problem and and that's that's an important thing to note as well um you know as we said earlier the facts of your specific situation are going to be completely different from person to person and a software program can't contemplate that number one and number two if your circumstances change over time or if a problem arises you're certainly not going to get any help from from the website where you downloaded the forms
0: or or will your family not get that help because again if someone passes away their family is going to be left holding a document the first thing i think they would do is contact the attorney who wrote that document say okay help me work my way through this so we do things right and you can't call a website
1: Exactly. That's exactly right. Um, and, you know, one of the ways that I, I like to kind of explain this to my clients is that, because frequently people bring up the, the point to me, but it's expensive, you know, or it's definitely cheaper to, to do this with a simple form. But what what they're failing to think through is that after they're gone, if – you know, ambiguities in the document or problems with the formalities of the document or even problems with the the legal matters within the document can lead their families to end up in litigation or can force them to have to open a probate. And then you're going to be spending a lot more on attorney's fees. Your your family will be spending Mm -hmm. exponentially more on attorney's fees dealing with the problem. So you're, you're absolutely right. You're, you're basically just kind of kicking the can down the road as something that your family is going to have to deal with.
0: And if you start down the right path developing an estate plan at a, at a fairly young age when maybe you're, you're starting a business, starting a family, that plan is going to change over time. As you go through the various stages of, of life cycle, as your children grow, as your assets change, you're going to want to come back and change that estate plan Um you really can't do that if you've just got a template that you started with at point one. That there's no real process there to make changes going forward, is there?
1: That's absolutely right. And if you're working with an attorney who is well-versed in this area and assists you from the get-go, the attorney can address those changes as they come up, usually pretty simply and you know cost-effectively, really.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about being cost-effective here. We've got a minute or so left. Uh, let's meet in the middle. You know, if we've convinced people that they shouldn't go it alone in, in preparing an estate plan and they, they want to meet with an attorney, they can certainly help manage their costs, I would think, by being prepared, you know, coming in with uh, a lot of information that the attorney is going to need. What what should someone think about when they sit down for the first time and say, okay, well, I want to do an estate plan, how should they come to you with, with what in hand?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and you're absolutely right. It's very helpful if you're prepared. And the big the big questions are, you know, first and foremost, what do you want to happen to your assets? Who do you want to take care of? You know, do you have children? Do you have a spouse? Do you have a family member who maybe needs assistance? Second, who are going to be the people that you want in those kind of management roles, you know, your executor, the trustee, potentially the guardians of your minor children? Um, and. Then finally, the the other question you need to have answered before you come in is who you would want to act as your agent to make healthcare decisions or financial decisions for you if you were incapacitated. So between all of that information and then in conjunction with that, you also need to have a pretty good idea of what your asset picture looks like so you know what kind of assets you're planning for. When you are able to sit down and kind of comprehensively answer all of those questions, it makes the process much, much more expedient and easy once you're starting the estate plan process with an attorney.
0: Well, as always, uh, I look up and we're out of time, and whenever Heather is here, uh, certainly get a lot of information. We certainly appreciate her taking the time, uh, but we have run out of time. So I will direct you to LavelleLaw.com to find out more about uh, Heather's practice, uh, some of her articles, and, of course, contact information if you want to follow up. And for those of you who uh, do join us from week to week or time to time, I just want to let you know next week, Attorney Stephen Magala will be here. We're going to discuss creditors' rights and LLCs, in particular, for business listeners. So we hope you'll join us for that. Thanks very much for being here. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.